Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This is our Bible declaration like we do every Sunday. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's Word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Victory in 2023. Come on, say it with me. Victory in 2023. What are some spiritual disciplines that you and I will have to learn to apply in 2023 if we want to live a victorious life? Let me ask the question again. I want everybody to catch this. Listen to the question. What are some spiritual disciplines that we will have to learn to apply to our lives in 2023 if we want to live a victorious Christian life. Spiritual disciplines, you know what those are. Those are habits and practices that take discipline and they're found in the scriptures and we see that when they're applied to our lives, they promote spiritual growth and Unity and victory among believers individually and corporately as a family of God. I'm sure each of you, even the kids, can come up with at least uh, a couple of spiritual disciplines. And some of you can come up with probably an extensive list of spiritual disciplines. Come on, anybody want to take a stab at one? What's one spiritual discipline that we need to apply in 2023? Come on, somebody just say it, Maya. Recognizing that God is always with you. Good. Anybody else? A spiritual discipline? Word. Reading the Word. That's a spiritual discipline. What else? Gideon? Prayer. That's a spiritual discipline. What else? What's another spiritual discipline? Speaking the Word, right? Speaking the Word, speaking life. What else? Another one, Gideon? Worship. That's a spiritual discipline. One more. Anybody else? Obedience. That's a spiritual discipline, right? We don't talk about that one a lot. Right? That one's, that one's, uh, that one's evasive. I think it kind of gets away from us. And I just want to point this out. We can, as Christians, we can read our Bibles. We can serve. We can uh, worship. We can pray. Um, we can walk in love. Right? That's good. But if we do all of those things and we fail by leaving this one out that I want to focus on today, I believe that we will not be as victorious as God wants us to be, and we won't be as victorious as we want to be in 2023. Now, I don't want to over-spiritualize the word victorious. When I say victorious, 
in 2023, I simply mean that we win. We win in our relationship with Christ. By the way, that's very important because you can be successful. You can have an incredible business. You can have incredible vehicles. You can take incredible vacations. You can wear the best clothes. You can have the nicest house. But if you don't have a successful relationship with God, from God's perspective, He doesn't count all of those earthly achievements as victory as far as the Bible is concerned. So hear me loud and clear. When I say victory, the very first thing is we win in our relationship with Christ. We win in our marriages. If we're married, we win in our families. We win in our health. Come on, somebody say amen. We win in the area of finances. We win in the area of overcoming habits and addictions that can derail us from God's best. We win in hope and faith for the future. The victorious life in Christ is a life that wins. Amen? And I've really been thinking about that, but here's the truth. The truth is, there are a lot of Christians that do live a victorious life. You might be one of them. You might know some of them. But on the flip side, I believe it breaks God's heart to see so many Christians who do not. Who do not live in victory. Many people who say they are Christians are living under the hand of the enemy and his constant oppression in perpetual defeat in one area of life or another. Friend, that's not God's will. It's not God's will. So, what is the spiritual discipline that God wants us to add to our lives in 2023 so that we can experience more victory? You ready? It's obedience. Say obedience. Come on. The title of today's message, real simply, is this. Victory in 2023, obedience and the victorious life. That's your first fill in the blank under your title. Obedience and the victorious life. Kids, can you give me a definition of what it means to obey or to be obedient? Come on, somebody, Gideon. To do what is asked, right, Maya? Louder. You listen to them and then what? You obey them. So what does obey mean? Miss Marla? To listen and then what? Do it, right? Do it. Not just listen. Because if you just listen, it could go in one ear and out the other. We don't want that. We don't want that. Obedience in the Bible, the word obey or obedience in the Greek, and we're going to look at some text right now, it's an interesting word. It simply means to listen attentively, to listen attentively with a heart that comes under God with the willingness to do what he says. So to obey means to listen attentively 
Uh, it could just be defined as hearing, reading about, or knowing what God says, and then doing it. Somebody say, doing it. Right? So, if I read the Scriptures, if I sense God speaking to me, if I know what the Bible says about a particular subject, and I catch that, but I don't do it, is that obedience? That's not obedience, right? Because we gotta, we got to follow it through. I've invited my friend Douglas, Douglas the preaching puppet, and he's going to share just for a couple of minutes and remind us about the importance of doing the Word of God, not just hearing it. Let's go ahead and listen to Douglas for a couple minutes. I got nothing against clowns, just this one clown in particular. Hey guys, it's me again, Douglas, and today I wanted to talk to you guys about listening and doing, right? Specifically listening to God's Word and doing what it says. See, it's really good to listen and to pay attention to what God says. But the Bible says that if you listen to God's Word but you don't do what it says, you're like a man who looks into a mirror and then immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, I didn't totally understand what that verse meant until I went to a friend's birthday party last year. And see, we were all so excited for this birthday party because my friend's mom was going to hire a clown. Now, I know some people hate clowns or are scared of clowns or whatever, but that's, you know, that, that's fine for them, I guess. But I love clowns. Clowns are great. They're hilarious, and they're so much fun. And I actually even know some clowns who go and they use clowning to tell people about Jesus, which is awesome. And we were all so excited because, you know, we didn't know exactly what he was going to do, but we, we figured maybe he'd make some balloon animals, and maybe he'd sing some songs, or maybe he'd, he'd tell some funny jokes. But we, we didn't know what to expect, but we knew that it would be... So much fun, right? Because that's what a clown is supposed to be. But that is not what this clown was. This was a very lame clown. Now, his makeup was pretty good. He looked like a clown. But this guy did not do anything a clown does. He literally just stood there the whole party. I think I heard him say, hey, kids, like once. And I think I saw him eat a piece of cake. And that's it. He just stood there doing nothing. It was as if he spent all day, you know, doing his makeup and, and, and getting in the costume. And he looks in the mirror and he said, yeah, I'm a clown. And then he turned around and totally forgot what he looked like. He totally forgot he was a clown. And it was so lame. But I think that we as Christians do kind of the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that as Christians we're clowns. Although, like I said, I do know some cool clown Christians. But sometimes it seems like we, we read God's word and it tells us so much about ourselves. You know, the Bible says that you are loved by God. You're a child of God. Jesus died for you, and he wants you to tell other people about Jesus and about God's love for them and for you. You know, it's like we read so much in the Bible about, about who we are and about who God is and about who other people are. And, you know, we learn these things like, like God loves us and he died for us and he saved us from our sins. And that's good news for us and for others and all this good stuff that we learn in the Bible. And then we immediately forget it. We go out in the world and we live like none of that is true. We forget all the things that we have learned. We forget all the good things that God has done for us. We forget all the good things that we should do for others and for God. We're like that clown that did nothing a clown does. And so my challenge to you guys today is that you would, yes, absolutely learn what God has to say. Study your Bibles. Go to church. Watch videos like this one. You can spend your whole life learning about God and still have an eternity left to learn. The challenge is not just to listen to God's word, but to do what it says. Mm. Just listen to God. Do what he says. You were made to do amazing things. 
God has done so much for you. And you were meant to do so much more than just listen. God wants you to be not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Hey guys, I hope you like this video. That's hey, good. Did you know that you... I love what he said. The challenge isn't just to listen to God's word, but to do what it says. The blessing from God's word comes when we do what it says. Or let me put it this way. We experience the blessings of God's word when we obey what God's word says. Take a second and think about your life. Are there areas of your life where you are experiencing less than the victory that you know God has for you. Maybe that's in the area of health. Maybe it's in the area of finance. Maybe it's in the area of relationship or career or addiction. There's something, when you think about it, at the end of the day, there's an area where you're just not experiencing the victory that we read about in the Bible. And then when you think about that, you have to think it through. Are there or is there an area in your life where you're being disobedient? And you know what God says about that, but culture and complacency, uh, maybe peer pressure, or this is just how it's always been. And so you're unwilling to break that mold and step into obedience. And because we're unwilling to do that, we don't experience the victory that's tied to obedience. Now that happens in Christians' lives. That happens more than God wants it to happen. Obedience matters more than most of us think. We have to become convinced that obedience and the victorious life are inseparable for the man or the woman of God or for the child in relationship with their parents. We can't just read our Bibles. We can't just serve more, give more, pray more, come to church services more, and then live in direct disobedience to what God asks of us and expect to live a victorious life. That's just not congruent. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical. I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm trying to be as gracious and as loving as I possibly can. If we want to experience more victory in 2023, I believe that the Holy Spirit is starting with me and he's saying, I want you to go deeper in the area of obedience. Be willing to obey. At just the slightest whisper. When you know I'm asking you to do something, when you know what my word says already about something, obey it. Step into it with all your heart. Who's the greatest example in the Bible of obedience to the Father? Anybody know? Who? Jesus. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> this is how the New King James Version reads. Talking about Jesus. 
And being found in appearance as a man, it's talking about his incarnation, talking about he was born as a baby and he grew up and he became a man. He, Jesus, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, or because of that, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Somebody say obedient. Notice, Jesus didn't become obedient to death, but to the point of death. He became obedient to his father. He became obedient to his father and then because of his obedience, he was exalted and victory, final victory, was attained because he was willing to be obedient. Jesus, although he was fully divine, he was also fully human being, and he had to be willing to submit his will. He had to be willing to surrender his heart, his life, his day in and day out, coming and going life to not only his earthly parents, but more important than that, his heavenly father. And he had to be willing to obey. He had to be willing to bring his heart into submission and listen to what the father was saying with a willingness to follow through and do what the father was asking him to do. Jesus was obedient. Some of us might say, well, Pastor Robert, that was Jesus. Of course he was obedient. God wouldn't ask us to be obedient like that, would he? What do you think the answer is? I think God asks of us to be obedient. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 1. And some of you that are very familiar with the Scriptures may know that Isaiah was a prophet. So he was one that was chosen by God to speak on God's behalf. But let me just give you a little bit of background before we read this verse. Listen to this. Isaiah prophesied at the most crucial period in the history of Judah and Israel. Both the southern and northern kingdoms had experienced nearly a half a century of increasing prosperity, blessing, and power. Israel, ruled by Uzziah and Jotham and Hezekiah, had maintained an outward conformity to religion, but had gradually fallen into serious moral and spiritual decline. Secret places of pagan, foreign god worship were tolerated. The wealthy oppressed the poor. The women neglected their families in the quest of carnal, earthly pleasure. And many of the priests and prophets became drunken men-pleasers. This is what Isaiah was up against. While there would come one more rival in Judah and under King Josiah, it was clear to Isaiah that the covenant recorded by Moses between God and his people in the book of Deuteronomy had become so completely violated that judgment and captivity were inevitable for Judah, even as it was for Israel. Now, Isaiah's purpose 
was to declare God's displeasure with and judgment upon the sin in Judah and in Israel and the surrounding nations. Almost all the Hebrew words for sin are employed by the prophet. A parallel purpose was to endeavor to turn God's people away from disobedience in order to avert disaster, a purpose that was only partially succeeded. And it goes on and it says this, No Old Testament book, with the possible exception of the Psalms, speaks more powerfully and appropriately to the modern-day church than the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, this is what God says. He says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Come on, read that verse with me. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. See, the Lord had been urging His people to stop their meaningless worship rituals and to change the direction of their lives. He wants them to clean themselves up by stopping their evil practices and beginning to do the good work of taking care of the disadvantaged living among them and having a right relationship with God. And if they would do this, the Lord said that their blood-red stains of sin would become as white as snow. And then he gets to this verse, and he says, Listen, if you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat, you're going to feast on the best of the land and everything that I have for you in this land. It was God's heart to bring provision, to bring prosperity, to bring protection from the enemy, to have a right relationship with his people. But he had to have them to have a willingness, not just to listen, but a willingness to obey and do what God was asking them to do. And he was really, really clear in his instructions. Verse 20 tells us that the opposite choice by God's people would bring the opposite results. Look at verse 20. But... If you refuse and rebel, in other words, if you're not willing and you're not obedient, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. One of the things that I come across a lot in my time with the Lord, in my 30 years that I've been walking with God, there's so much I still don't know, but one of the things that I come across a lot is people who have a relationship with God or say that they're Christians and they just can't understand why life isn't going in a victorious momentum for them. And they just can't understand why they keep getting clobbered. And they just can't understand why bad things happen to them, good people. And they just can't understand why they can't seem to get the upper hand. And as much as I don't want to be condemning, because I don't, I just want to be truthful. I want to be honest. I want to look at the Scriptures. Because a lot of times what I'm coming across is people that profess to love God, but live in a way that doesn't demonstrate their love for God. Did you know that one of the ways that you prove your love for Jesus is by obeying what He says? Jesus said, If you love me, who can finish it? You will keep my commandments. That's what Jesus said. And so you might think, oh, Pastor Robert, come on, that's an Old Testament. 
This verse is the Old Testament and Isaiah. I mean, we're forgiven. We're in the grace of God. And we're in the love of God. And that's true. But that doesn't mean that we do away with obedience. Amen? That doesn't mean that we can just live any way we want to. And we can just take our cues for living from the world and from a culture that is dark and getting darker and not walking with God. If we do that, we get in trouble. The verse 20 said, hey, listen, if you refuse and you rebel... You're going to be devoured by the sword of your enemy. That doesn't mean that God is going to clobber you. But what happens is when I make a decision to live in disobedience to what God says, I come out from under His protection. I come out from under His covenant promises. And now I'm out here living on my own in the desert where all the enemies are. And they have opportunity to take advantage of me because the spiritual legal authority that I have to stand on, I'm not standing on it. I'm living in direct opposition of what God said in His Word. And when I do that, I open myself up to the enemy and to his stealing, his killing, and his destroying. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to be obedient in 2023. I'm going to be obedient in 2023. Look at Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23. But this is what I commanded them. This is God speaking, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Did you catch that? Listen to what God is saying. Listen, He's saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in the ways that I have commanded you, so that it may be well with you. The prosperity and victorious life that God wants His own people to experience go hand in hand with walking in obedience to God and what He says. Just, just for a minute, let's think about obedience in really simple, practical terms in a way I think every one of us can understand. Think about obedience as it relates to health and fitness. Health and fitness, your body, your physical body. Think about that. Many of you know that I've been on this, this transforming 10 months or so. And um, I've shed 44 pounds. That wasn't the goal. The goal for me was not to lose weight. I was watching a program one night, and this guy was talking about how we are what we eat, and food is medicine, and if you want to be healthier as you get older, you have to start making healthier choices. I was listening to all of the research that he's done, how he took people that were suffering with diabetes and congestive heart failure and high blood pressure and on and on and on and on and on. And he began to change what they ate. And after two or three or six or months or nine months or a year, type 2 diabetes was reversed. High blood pressure came down. They just began to feel better. And as a result of eating better, people began to lose weight that needed to lose weight. That's what's happened to me. I didn't know that I had 44 pounds to lose. It's just been coming off because I'm choosing to eat healthier. But what I want to say is this. When I began to listen to these doctors who are experts in their field, 
it would have done me no good to listen to what this guy said and get all excited about it and then turn around and then go have a big old nacho party like I used to have. My nacho parties are fun. I'll get an extra large pizza pan and just fill it up with nachos and chicken and all the good, gooey, hot, tasty stuff and then guacamole and Man, that was delicious, and I'd eat the whole thing, and I love it. But as I'm thinking about it, I realize that wasn't good for me. So if I would have just listened to him and then not did anything that he said, in other words, if I wouldn't have obeyed the advice that he was giving me, I wouldn't have been any healthier today than I was 10 months ago. I listened to another guy. He said, you need to take a little bit of this in the morning, every morning, because this is going to help you become healthier on the inside. It's going to help you to shed on one in pounds. If I would have listened to that but did nothing and I didn't obey, I wouldn't have the results that I'm experiencing today. If I wouldn't have made a decision to change the times that I ate, now I know I don't need to eat five times a day. I can eat two meals and I can feel really full. I can feel really satisfied and I can be full. And I can be healthy. But if I would have listened to all of that advice from these experts in their fields and then just walked away and continued to live the same way I was living, in other words, if I didn't obey, I wouldn't have had any of these results that I've just had over the last 10 months. I went to the doctors two days ago for my yearly physical exam. My doctor came in after I met with a nurse. He saw everything that was going on before he came in. He came in and he had tears in his eyes. Welled up literally in his eyes. He goes, you're the perfect patient. You've done everything that we want people to do. He goes, you're an anomaly. At 53 years old, you're not taking any pills for this or pills for that or medication for this or medication for that. Perfect blood pressure was like 170 over... No, was it 70 over 120? What is it? 120 over 80. Thank you, David. Perfect blood pressure. Mine was 120 over 68, I think. He goes, your, per your blood pressure is better than perfect. He goes, you just extended your life like 10 or 15 years. This guy was so excited. What's the point, Pastor Robert? The point is, if I would have listened to all of these experts, but chose to disobey and not do, what they were asking of me to do, I wouldn't feel as good as I do. I wouldn't have lost 44 pounds. I feel like I have a new lease on life. I feel so much better. But if I would have disobeyed, and if I would have just went on living the way I wanted to live, and eating the way I wanted to eat, I wouldn't experience any of these incredible benefits that I've experienced. Well, in that same way, spiritually speaking, if we keep coming to church and we keep hearing messages and we keep reading the Bible and we keep saying, I love God, but we know, we know that we know in areas of our life, we're living in direct disobedience to what God's Word says and what God wants for me as His child, and we keep moving forward in life. Well, guess what happens? We don't experience the victory that God has for us. I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. Thank God for His grace. Can somebody say amen? Thank God we're still learning and we're still growing and we're under construction.
But if we want to experience more victory in 2023, we have to make a decision to be obedient. Let me just say this. This is a big statement. This is a fill in the blank on your sheet. The reward of obedience outweighs the cost of obedience. Come on, say it with me. The reward of obedience outweighs the cost of obedience. It's going to cost you to be obedient. It's going to cost you your will. It's going to cost you your way. It's going to cost you your pride. It's going to cost you something. It might cost you money. It might cost you a relationship. It might cost you a car. It might cost you to get a smaller house. It might cost you something. But if God tells you to do it and you obey, I want to tell you based on the scriptures, the reward of obedience outweighs the cost of obedience every single time. Because God knows what's best for you. God knows what's best for me. So what will it take to walk in obedience and be victorious in 2023? Three things real quick. Write these down. Number one, here's a fill in the blank. A new discovery of my new nature. Come on, say it with me. A new discovery of my new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That's the old sinful nature. That's the old cut-off nature. That's the old man, the way that I used to think, the way that I used to feel, the way that I used to be, the way that I used to act, the way that I used to live. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have to get in touch with the fact that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have a righteous nature. You have a holy nature. You're right before God. And because you're right before God, you want to live rightly before God. You want to make a decision. I love what Paul says in Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin... Live any longer in it. When Christ was on the cross, you were on the cross with Him spiritually and your old sinful nature was crucified with Christ on the cross. You have to have a new awareness of your new nature recognizing that you have a nature now after God and because you have a nature now after God, you want to live after God's ways. Number two, a new surrender to Christ in me. Come on, say that with me. A new surrender to Christ in me. I love Galatians 2.20. And Jackie, I want to read it out of the King James Version. You ready? Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have to have a new surrender to the Christ who lives in me. It's his holiness. It's his obedience. It's his righteousness. It's his surrender. It's his anointing. It's his power. It's his grace. It's his faith. Everything that Christ has belongs to me because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. And I need to have a new surrender 
to Christ in me. I love Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 reminds me it's not me trying in my own natural human flesh to be obedient. No. It's the obedient one, Jesus, who lives in me, who makes obedience to the Father's perfect will a living possibility because He lives in me. Number three, a new willingness to obey no matter the cost. Come on, say it with me. A new willingness to obey no matter the cost. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel was a prophet. And under the instruction of God, he went and he anointed Saul to be king. And Saul saw himself as small and insignificant. He was humble and God chose him. And as he began to grow and become mighty as a king, one day he went out to battle and God told him, listen, I want you to kill everyone and everything. And he didn't. And the prophet Samuel came into the vicinity where Saul was and he, and he heard sheep, he heard animals, and the prophet said, hey, what's going on, King Saul? I thought God told you to wipe out everything. He said, I did. I obeyed the word of the Lord. It's the people. The people brought the best back. The people brought the lambs and the goats. I tried to get the people to do it, but they didn't. Here's the king blaming it on the people. And we get to 1 Samuel 15, 22, and this is what the prophet tells the king. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So King Saul was trying to say, oh, all these animals, these animals are going to be for sacrifice and worship to the Lord. And, and the, prophet, the prophet blew it. I mean, the, the prophet came, came and he said, listen, you blew it. God, God isn't so much concerned about your sacrifices and your worship as much as He is concerned in obeying His voice because to obey is better than sacrifice. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say I have to have a new willingness to obey no matter the cost. God doesn't just want my lip service. God doesn't just want me to come to service. God doesn't just want me to pay my tithe. God doesn't just want me to read my Bible. All of those things are disciplines, and we're going to grow in them. But He doesn't want us to do those things at the expense of a willingness to obey, a willingness to do what He says. Okay, Pastor Robert, what's the bottom line? Why should I choose obedience in 2023? In a word, just one word. You ready? Listen. Victory. If you want to experience victory, if you want to win in life, if you want to win in your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, if you want to win in your health, if you want to win in your finance and in your future, if you want to win and, and, and take victory over habits and addictions that you know aren't good for you, are keeping you from God's best, you will have to make a decision to obey. 
if I want to live a victorious life, I will have to live an obedient life. Come on, say it with me. If I want to live a victorious life, I will have to live an obedient life. Come on, stand to your feet and let's pray. Some of you that are here or some of you that might be watching or catch this a little bit later, you have heard me or you have heard Lakeshore for years talk about the importance of reading your Bible and learning how to devote time with God like Miss Krista was talking about. And I just want to encourage you, beginning of the year, get to one of our campuses and pick up one of these life journals. This will help you to develop that daily time with the Lord. I also want to add this. This Wednesday night, Krista mentioned, we're having a how to read your Bible class at 6.30. And we're going to teach you how to use your journal and hear from the Lord. But my wife had an idea. She said, well, what about people who can't make it on Wednesday night? That's kind of tough for some people. It's tough for her. By the time she gets home from work, it's already 6.30. We start at 6.30. And sometimes she has to be here to practice on a Wednesday night. So we thought, in addition to this Wednesday night, next Sunday after service at 11.30, we'll have option number two. So we'll have option number one on Wednesday night for people who want to do it at 6.30 right here. Option number two on Sundays at 11.30 right here. How to read my Bible and hear God speak to me. If you can learn how to implement this discipline in 2023, you'll be that much closer to walking in obedience because the more you know God's Word, the more the Holy Spirit can help you to walk in obedience to God's Word. When we don't know God's Word, it's harder to walk in obedience to God's Word. Amen? So I want to encourage you. And let me just say this. If you're a parent and you got kids and you're like, I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. Parents, listen. One of you stay home with the kids Wednesday night and one of you come to the class. And then on Sunday, one of you take the kids home for lunch and one of you stay for the class. And you help each other. If there's anything you got to do to walk in obedience to experience victory, is you got to become a person of the Word of God. Amen. Father, we thank you and we love you today. Happy, blessed new year. We are so grateful that you've given us another opportunity. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that there wouldn't be one ounce of condemnation that the enemy would try to use with this message that we just heard, but that the Holy Spirit would come along in his love and in his grace, and he would graciously but lovingly help us to receive this message so that we can become people that experience victory in 2023. Help us to become obedient in just the simplest areas of life where we know you're speaking to us, Lord. Highlight those areas in our heart of hearts so that we can make course corrections, so that we can experience more of what you have for us as your children. We thank you for the Holy Spirit's help. We thank you that if we follow him, he'll lead us and he'll guide us into obedience and into victory. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen and Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe 
and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.